character. We're hearing God best, I think, through our design. And we're interpreting what God is saying through our design. And as we do that, that's how literally that creative process is how the kingdom of God gets released uh, into the earth. And as we will connect with that and do that, uh, that's where our fulfillment and joy and provision and all are found. Welcome to the Kindling Fire. My name is Troy Mangum. God is preaching a sermon to the world through people's lives. People's experience, history, and testimonies all point to some amazing attribute of God that you too can experience. I interview revolutionaries, fire starters, and troublemakers. This podcast is here to be a voice of encouragement in your life, a voice that says with God you can and with God you will step into the abundant life. So let's get rolling. Uh, Today I'm so excited uh, to get back in the conversation seat with Matt Tommy. Matt, come on. Uh, so excited you're back, man. Thanks. Again, just love being here every time I get to be here. So thanks so much. So uh, the the uh, occasion is brought about by your latest book. And uh, so tell us the title of that latest book. Yeah, it's called God's Plan for Living, uh, A Simple Roadmap to Your Ideal Kingdom Life. And so it's really just kind of the culmination of a lot of things I've been teaching to artists over the years, how to connect with their purpose and God given design so they can flow in the kingdom. But they've been telling me for years, Matt, this is not just for artists, this is for everybody. Yeah. And so that's really what uh, what brought this about. So sweet. So so we've got so uh, you're a fan favorite. Uh, I love having you on. <laughs> I, I you know, you you've been such an inspiration to me through the years with your writing and, and sort of what God's done in your life. So before we dig into the book, I kind of want to just catch up. So, <laughs> so quickly, so let's let's catch up on a couple of things. So last time you and I talked, you had just moved out of your major, your big studio, your yep. kind of showcase studio in Asheville into another studio. And that was a great conversation about sort of the unexpected of God. Uh, so you now no longer live in Asheville, and I'd love to hear a little bit of that story and how you ended up where you are now, and you can tell us where you are as well. <laughs> So evidently God wasn't done with the surprises. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. Uh, my wife and I really started sensing, um, I guess this is 20, but in, in fall 2021, um, just kind of sensing things were, you know, closing in Asheville as far as our season there. We had been there 13 years. Um, yeah. and our son had grown up there. You know, this is really where we thought our forever home was going to be. And uh, in the natural, just, you know, loved it. But as the Lord does, he started, you know, kind of ruffling the nest, if you will. And um, there was, yeah. I had several prophetic dreams and we were just kind of trying to feel our way through this. And um, we wanted to be closer to family too. And Tanya's mom and dad are out here in, uh, in East Texas. And so we just kind of started praying about it. We said, well, if we're going to move, here's the kind of place that we would like. And, you know, wanted a little more property and a place I could have the studio here on property and all that sort of thing. And literally, as soon as we started looking uh, like, bing, like this property came up it was like exactly what we were looking for and we were wow. like um okay and so we just started kind of as i teach people just start walking toward it and see what happens see what the lord does yeah and every door just opened up um phenomenally and wow. so we we bought the house interestingly enough once we had bought the house um i was on a podcast uh, of a friend of mine who now lives in this area 
And she said, did you guys move to Lindale because of all the global ministries that are based there for the last 40, 50 years? I'm like, what are you, huh? And she's like, we know the largest YWAM base uh, in the United States and the, you know, continental United continental, States yeah. here. Um, Mercy Ships is based here. Keith Green was here. D Leonard Ravenhill. Uh, I mean, all these guys, David Wilkerson, you know, wow. uh, I mean, all these huge ministries have been here over the years, worship leaders. And I was like, are you kidding me? And the Lord's just like, yeah, I'm, I'm bringing you to a land that I'm not done with. And um, so it's, it's just been really interesting to watch the sort of prophetic flow and uh, how he continues to open the doors and surprise us. So, yeah. What? Now that's exciting. So, uh, yeah. so the, um, can you reveal one, one of the guiding things that the Lord did to kind of prompt you? I'd be very curious. I'm always curious about how God guides and directs because he does it so differently every time. And I love to hear how he does it. Yeah. With people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it started with just kind of an unsettledness and, um, you may remember, I, I'm a big gardener. I've always loved gardening. God speaks to me in the garden, my flowers and all this. And so in Asheville, we had like yard of the month or yard of the year. Like it was phenomenal. There was nothing there when I got there. I turned it into showplace gardens. I mean, I just loved being out there. And that fall of 2021, um, I'm walking through my garden and I had this sense of I've done all I can do here. Like this is, it's gorgeous. Like this is it, you know? And so there was kind of this ruffling of the feather. Well, then second thing, a neighbor of mine was walking by our house one day that he, he walks every day and he texts me and he's an older guy. And he said, you know what, man, I was walking by your house today and uh, it looks so beautiful. I just thought I'd take some pictures. And if you guys ever want to sell your house, feel free to use these pictures because they're just gorgeous. I was like, what? Then the third thing that happened was we had five horses, like literal horses show up in our front yard one day in Asheville. And we were like, what is this? It was just kind of like, you know, go West young man. <laughs> you know? And then I started having these dreams. And one of the dreams in particular was, was pretty amazing. Um, Tanya and I were standing in the top of a building in Asheville, uh, looking over the city and um, building started just imploding, like almost like nine 11 imploding. Yeah. And I had the sense uh, that we were supposed to, you know, get out. They're like, Oh, wow. Um, and so we ran out of the building. We were in fear, but we we're just like, we need to get on out of this. And we drove out of the city in a convertible. And as we were driving through the city, we were just kind of happy, you just kind of doing our thing, going to the next place, but buildings were just, just dropping. And, um, crazy enough as we left, you know, and news reports now, since we've left and everything has been wild, like crime has gone up 250, 300% there. It's wow. just been this wild kind of situation that we've seen happen. And, um, but it wasn't all that. I just knew that it was like the season was up, you yeah. know, yeah, for I, us and, and the grace was lifting. So, yeah, I love that, that, um, unsettledness because you need discernment sometimes when you get that unsettledness, cause you just like, what's going on here? Is this, a yeah. divine discontent yeah. or is this general discontent, you know, yeah. like something. And it's so hard sometimes to discern that, um, man, that's so cool. So, yeah. so look, first off, before we dig into your book, I just want to give you a, a kind of a straight up compliment, sort of somebody that's outside of your world and, and, and something that I've observed, you are productive, man. Holy <laughs> cow. So like, you just like are, um, 
so consistently like delivering books, delivering content, delivering to your audience, doing your podcast and sort of somebody that's sort of in this world. I don't do this full time, but you know, I've, I kind of try to be consistent and I understand that the, um, it's not easy just to right. keep moving forward and keep yeah. expanding and keep, you know, creating content out there. So man, like, it's Tom a freight train sometimes, right? It's going. <laughs> I feel that. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, this is like, what number book is this for you? Um, Eight or nine, I think. And yeah, um, yeah so it's, um, yeah, it's something else. I, th I think, you know, the thing that's helped me with that, Troy, is over the years, um, I really believe, and I talk about this in the book a little bit, but I think God uses vision to inspire us and keep us motivated. But your yes becomes your focus, your no becomes your boundaries, right? And so this is the the thing that I've really tried to in, implement in my life is I, I get really good at saying no to things mm. and not in an ugly way, but just in a way that's like, no, this is what God's called me to. And unless it is being married to Tanya, 26 years now, uh, being a dad to Cameron, being a father to artists and and preaching the kingdom, like those are the things that God's called me to do. And so I I am uh, people are often amazed when they learn my schedule and that sort of thing. I'm I have a very very relaxed schedule. Um, hmm. I have a very open schedule, but I only do very very few things. And that doing that allows me to seem as if, and I guess I am, I do, I do it a lot, but, but I, that's all I'm doing. I'm not out doing all these extra ancillary things that don't have anything to do with who God's mm -hmm. called me to do in this season. So, yeah, well, it. I mean, the fruit is there and, and just as an outsider so. kind of seeing you through the years, I just, um, I guess I, I ride the inspiration roller coaster a little bit, like <laughs> I'm inspired and I'm going to yeah. do the thing. And then I'm not yeah. inspired. And, I may or may not do the thing. And yeah. I just kind of yeah. ride that. Whereas it seems like you just have had this, you've, you've, and maybe this is part of kind of segueing into your book and some of the things that God has integrated into your life, but there's a consistency of fruitfulness. There's a consistency of, of uh, items that you're bringing to, uh, to offer yeah. and it's consistent. It's not just, you know, like, Hey, I released a book and, Three years later, I released. It's like it's just consistent, and it's just been awesome to watch, man. It really has been. So, well, I appreciate that. I think one of the frustrations growing up, um, and even in my early walk with the Lord, I didn't understand. I couldn't crack the code on God's blessing. Like I was mm -hmm. like, "Why is God blessing them? He's not blessing me. Why are they struggling? Why are they not struggling? I'm struggling. Why did they get healed? I didn't. You know that sort of thing." And so you kind of start learning over the years through lots of different ways, you know, how the kingdom of God works. And I think one of those principles is, you know, you find in Genesis, uh, be fruitful and multiply. So if you want multiplication, you got to be fruitful first. Mm -hmm. um, and then secondly, you know, in Matthew 25, the parable of the talents, this idea that, you know, you've been faithful with little, now I'm going to make you ruler over much. And mm -hmm. so growth in the kingdom and fruitfulness in the kingdom is not something that God just doles out because he's in a good mood. It's, be, it's because you were faithful with the little things. And yeah. I always tell my, my students, momentum begins with your very first win. It grows and grows as you do it again. And it's like, it's these little wins, right. That we do. And we just kind of keep stacking those things along. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think over time you just get, you know, momentum is a, um, 
is a motivator, you know, for all yeah. of us and not yeah. only in the natural, but in the spiritual. And I think when you can see the fruit of like, wow, people are getting blessed by this, or this made money, or this was effective in the marketplace, whatever, mm-hmm. it kind of keeps you juiced up and, and keeps you going for more. So, yeah, no, that's so good. So, so having, you know, done at least one book and one of the things that I've discovered, at least in my experience was there were certain elements that I did that I was very happy about or proud about, or very like, you know, if I were to, if somebody would say, well, just give me one chapter, you yeah. know, like I just, I'll be like, read that. <laughs> like, I think that's good. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I, I still get inspired by it. So I'm very curious in your book, you just released. Um, can we start there? Like, do you have a favorite chapter? Do you have something that you just loved that was a part of that, that was so integrated in your life that you're just like, I mean, it, it's, it can all be good and we can cover all of it, but yeah. I kind of want to start with the sweet spot, something that you just was like, this is, I'm very proud of this one. <laughs> I think, well, I talked about a, a framework called God's ideal, which is I-D-E-A-L. And one of those in there that I think I'm probably most passionate about is this idea of alignment and that, you know, as you're leaning into your identity in the Lord and your design and, you know, how God has assigned you, it's through this process of both alignment and refinement that you grow in the kingdom. And I think that's where a lot of people jump off the boat, if you will. You know, they may know who God's called them to be, or they may have an inkling of what they're supposed to be doing, but they give up, stop, uh, you know, turn a corner or go a different way during this process of refinement or alignment. And so I think if you can really trust, and I think that's been probably one of the primary markers of my life that I think I get from my mom, um, you know, just this ability to get back up when things are tough and to just say, you know what, I didn't understand that, but God is good. He's faithful. I'm, I'm going to keep going. And just this idea of continuing to cooperate with the Lord, I feel like that really, really comes through in the book uh, throughout everything. And so I think that's probably one of my favorite parts of, of the book. So let's talk, let's talk about that. Cause it sounds like alignment, sort of that initial step, like kind of like in the milieu of things that you could do and be and who God's, how God's, that alignment is kind of the initial thing. And then refinement is now, are you willing to be refined in the thing? Are you willing to do the hard work and the getting back up of the thing that you've now gotten clarity on? It's sort of like, I don't know, for me, it's, it's uh, sometimes you get inspired and be like, yeah, I'm going to do it. And then you go hit your first roadblock. You're like, uh, <laughs> maybe not, you know, or, exactly. or like, you know, or like the roadblocks keep getting bigger. And, and so that's the refinement process. Can you maybe map that for us a little bit about with your life or, or the things that you've seen and people you've mentored? Yeah. Well, that's why I was looking, you know, as a mentor, I'm always looking for ways to make things simpler for people to, you know, easily to remember. And, uh, it was on, after coming back from Asheville, actually in November from a retreat, the Lord just kind of dropped this acronym in my heart as I was driving five o'clock in the morning through the mountains, um, God's ideal. And so it's identity design. Um, I say identity design, expansion, alignment, and love. And so the idea is that as your identity is established in Jesus, that is, you know, who he says you are, what you can do, what you can have in the kingdom in that place is where your unique design gets uncovered. So people are always like, who is God calling me to be? And what am I? Well, you, you, none of that comes unless you know who you are in Christ. Then as you're with Jesus, he tells you who you are. Hmm. And so your design gets uncovered. And then thirdly, 
your assignment, which I call expansion in the book, your ability to walk in the thing that you've been doing now to touch others, um, your assignment gets revealed. And so usually what the world does is they say, go do something for God. You know, it's going to be great. And so we're all motivated by personal zeal or making money or making a difference in all this. And that's not at all the way the kingdom of God works. Everything starts with identity. Jesus tells you who you are. And then as you're faithful in that, he begins to expand opportunity for you. And it's as you're walking in, in kind of that trifecta right there, that's where the alignment starts to come in. So as mm -hmm. you're walking with him, he brings the right ideas, opportunities, resources, relationships, divine appointments, supernatural encounters. He's bringing all those in your path at the time that you need it to, to put you in places you never should have been, let you meet people you never should have met, bring provision into your life. But he's also refining you right through the process because there's things that he wants to align you with that you don't have the belief or the character or the understanding yeah. to be able to walk in yet. And so if he, he has to do that, and I think it's the difficulty for many believers, like you said, when it does get a little difficult, when it is touching a deep area, and we've all had that, people many times will check out because it doesn't make sense, you know, in their natural mind. And I use it, you know, like the Israelites, they took a two week journey and turned it into a, a 40 year, you know, episode yeah, amen. resisting the Lord and all that. And I think we can all, you know, uh, relate to that. And so and then the last thing is love, which is just this idea that we're operating from his love, not trying to prove his love. Mm -hmm. and, it, and God's love, and again, starting back at identity, God's love becomes the lens through which we see others and see the world, see what's possible, and also the framework from which we view ourselves. And so all of that, God's ideal, I think, no matter how you're called in the kingdom, it's a framework that anybody can begin to use in their life to pursue what God's called them to and, and grow in maturity. So, man, that's so good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking of the verse that says, and I don't know the reference, never be lacking in zeal. And yeah. when I was young, um, you know, that zeal was consuming the zeal for the Lord. Yeah. And, and so you get these experiences, you get excited with, you get caffeine, you get a lot of things, you get the Holy spirit and you have a lot of zeal, but it's general. It's yeah. like, I want to change the world and I yeah. want to, you know, go evangelize all the nations and, and all this stuff. And it's not bad. You know, you're young and you're kind of finding your way. But this feels like a Z, a focused zeal. Yeah. It's like getting you zoned into the to the zeal and being zealous for the things that God wants of your life. Yes. And a lot of times when you have that wide zeal, and and you're looking for and you just are just kind of turning over rock, turning over rock, turning rock, and eventually you're just like the zeal fades. Yeah, you know, and you yeah. never quite find your your niche or your your call or is that? Have you seen what I'm talking about? Absolutely, and I think I just I'm you know all the things the Lord brings along your journey. I'm thinking about a quote that I heard. I'm trying to remember the guy's name. Uh, I, um, I think it was a, a leader in the UK years ago, but he said. Uh, if you would do the best with your life, find out what God is doing in your generation and fling yourself into it. Mm. And I just always loved that is this idea that this is God's story. He's already at work. He's the one that's creating the wave of impact and momentum. And I get to be a surfer right on the, on the wave of this. Yeah. And I can either go try to create my own wave or I can get on the board that he's given me. Right. And I can begin to surf and mm -hmm. flow with him. And that's where the fulfillment and the exhilaration and the impact is going to be. And so 
I think one of the reasons why religion and churchianity has burned so many people out is because they have preached this idea of, you know, zeal for the Lord without an understanding of identity and design and assignment. And so mm-hmm. you just get what you get as a bunch of religious clones, you know? And so we're just, we're just trained to, you get saved, you get everybody else saved, bring them to church and let's hold on until Jesus comes. And this is the, this is the good news that you're not going to hell. And I'm like, well, that's part of the good news, but Jesus died for you that you'd be redeemed from death, hell, and the grave, re- reconciled to relationship with the father and restored to the fullness of the kingdom. And you not only get to experience it, but you get to be a, a catalyst for that to happen in other people's lives. And when you are walking in that, which is the whole premise of the whole book, that's where I believe the abundant life that Jesus promised us is found in mm. that place of identity and design and assignment where you are in the sweet spot that God designed for you uh, before you were ever, you ever showed up on this earth. So, you know, one of the things that's so powerful about you, you kind of crossing the chasm or, or crossing the bridge between the artistic world and sort of the non-artistic world, quote unquote, um, is that I don't know if there's any more nebulous assignment than being an artist, to be quite <laughs> honest, from an outside's perspective. It's just right. like, I'm going to, do something i'm gonna like emote onto paper or whatever you know or whatever you know it's just like that the whole the concept of artists is somewhat undefined and the thing that's been so beautiful about a lot of what you've been doing through the years and i love that thriving christian artist which is such a great book that i was so uh impacted by was you you have with god's help provide this very kind of biblical framework for people to get into where they're going to find their voice and, and, and express God into the world. Awesome. Now, non-artistic world, right? Uh, There's a lot of grids in the non-artistic world, uh, you know, whereas there's not a lot of grids in the artistic world. It's just kind of wide open. I'm just very curious as you thought about translating some of the material that you were helping artists with into non-artist world mm-hmm. um can, can you like interpret or translate like okay like being an artist is this way but but it's very similar to this kind of role like i'm thinking entrepreneur or something else that's kind of like undefined but you need to define it that do you understand kind of where i'm going with sure, my sure. question yeah so what's your thoughts on that well the whole, you know i think about and I'm obviously still very much in the artistic world, but I think about the, my work with artists, my whole you know, supposition with them is that God has designed you this way uniquely to release and reveal his kingdom in the earth. And when you do that, that's where your provision and fulfillment and impact and influence, that's where that's going to come. And so God just didn't decide that to do that for artists, right? That's for everybody. That's, that's a yeah. God thing. He's uniquely designed each one of us. And so I, what I've been trying to do with, with, to the general population of people is help them to understand that creativity is not just, you know, for artists It's not the unique, you know, realm of Beethoven and Bach and Mozart and all this. It's, it's how the kingdom works. It's the birthright of every, every person in the kingdom that we would see and agree with heaven. And for artists, you know, we get ideas in our head. Every idea starts, you know, up here in your heart internally, you see it. And then you agree with it. You say, yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to grab hold of that thing. And through 
the influence and ideas and skills and, and opportunities and resources that I have, I'm going to release that thing. I'm going to make that idea come into being incarnate so that other people can experience the joy of it, can be influenced by it, that sort of thing. Well, that's how the kingdom works, right? We see and agree with heaven. God is moving. We, we you know, perceive through our senses and through the spirit, what he's doing, what he's saying, how that in, we interpret that. And we interpret how God is speaking through our unique design. So an artist is going to hear God one way, an entrepreneur is going to hear him another, a, a mom or a, somebody in government or a teacher or a civic leader. We're hearing God best, I think, through our design. And we're interpreting what God is saying through our design. And as we do that, that's how literally that creative process is how the kingdom of God gets released uh, into the earth. And as we will connect with that and do that, uh, that's where our fulfillment and joy and provision and all are found. And so the frustration, I think, for not just artists with the whole starving artist thing of, you know, I can't find any money. I can't make a living with my job. Most of the church and most people are like that as well, right? They're out yeah, there no, just- true you know, broke, busted, disgusted, they're out there trying to, to find, you know, trying to figure out how to make this life work and everything. And most of the time, like all of us have done, you're looking in places um, that God, outside of God's design for you. And I, and I want to separate not just his assignment for you, but his design for you, because your assignment is the thing you do. Your design is who you are, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's the, it's the way that you see the world, the way that you, uh, uniquely interact with the world, the way uniquely that you reveal God um, into the earth as an image bearer. And so those two, those two things, it's important because people can, a lot of people are latching hold of this idea of, you know, your assignment, your field of favor and go for it. And God's got all this for you and all that. I'm like, just because something will make money and just because something seems like it is, will be successful and you slap kingdom on it, doesn't mean it has anything to do with God's best for you. No, amen. So that's why that's why everything I teach is starts with identity, healing your heart, knowing who you mm, are. That's so good. What you're doing is gonna come out of that if it's gonna last. So. No, that's that's good. That's so good. So so one of the things that that's kind of a question that's burning in my mind is okay, you have this idea of you have a concept or an idea that comes into your uh, mind or heart and you want to express it, or you want like maybe it's a problem to solve and you want to solve it. Um, have you gotten in a situation where you had a concept, you had an idea, but then you didn't have the means, not necessarily financial means, but maybe like the material or, or there was a problem to be solved to be able to express what you were seeing? Uh, because that to me is a very common non-artist experience. Right. There is a problem. We need to do this or we need to do that. And people are looking for a solution. And you might have an idea of a solution, but you need some God juice and help on the process to to solve that solution. And 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 I'm just curious, like if you run into that, I great idea. But like, how do I make this a reality? There's a problem in between I have to solve. Do you have an example of that? Well, yeah, so I think that model is a, another artist example that we see in Exodus 31 with Bezalel, who's the artist that, you know, Moses tapped to build the tabernacle and, and to furnish that and all that. It says in Exodus 31, he was filled with the spirit of God. It's the first time we see somebody filled with the spirit of God uh, in the Old Testament. That's and awesome. he was and he was skilled in every manner of workmanship. 
That means he could do all the stuff he needed to do at a level that which he needed to do it at. And also at Exodus 36, the interesting thing is, um, I love that story because he's in his place of calling and doing what God's called him to do. And it says that he had to ask Moses to restrain the people from giving because they had too many resources. They, I'm like, don't you like the bank calls like you got too much money. You got to so I love this idea that when you're operating both filled and skilled, all right, that's the place of where the where the juice, if you will, you know, shows up in your life. Mm-hmm. And so if there's ever a time where when I'm filled with the Holy Spirit and I've got a God idea and I don't have what it takes, what have I got to do? Well, most of the time I've got to then lean into this other process of developing the skill that I need to be able to walk in the thing that God's given me. Because when, when God shows you something, it's not coming in finished form, right? It's coming. uh, He's given you the opportunity and the authority to begin to walk in that direction with the thing that you have in your hand right now. And so I'll just give you a really great example of this that I'm in right now. Um, Last year, I had three separate prophetic words from all people that I trust, um, and most who don't know what's going on in my life on a daily basis, all of them prophesied to me about Matt, the Lord is going to give you a TV show. There's a TV show coming for you. Mm. And um, so I, I'm just like, a TV, what? Well, then two weeks ago, I'm in my morning time of the Lord. I get a text from a buddy of mine that I'm just getting to know here in Tyler, Texas. And uh, he said, Matt, he said, I got a word for you. I said, okay, super sharp, prophetic guy. He said, I'm watching TV this morning in the gym, and all of a sudden, you're, the Lord opens it up into a vision, and your face is on television, and you're coaching people, and uh, I mean, just this whole TV thing again. So I'm just, so I'm holding this, right? I'm like, Jesus, I ain't never been on TV. What are we going to so do, right? Yeah, What yeah. am I going to do with this? You know, am yeah. I supposed to go buy Daystar or something in Dallas? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what I'm supposed <laughs> to do. And um, I'm sitting there, but I'm, so you know what I started doing, though? I started saying, well, Lord, what do I have? in my my hands right now and he said well you got this barn i'm in a barn right now 40 by 60 barn and we built it out and i've got my art studio and in this streaming studio and all that he said i want you to use one of these other rooms i want you to begin to set it up as another another studio and uh, he began dropping ideas in me of uh mm. you know the things that i'm going to be doing and um and beginning to put a show together so do i have you know tons of cameras and all that no but I got a really little sweet setup here and I've got a YouTube channel with 12,000 people that are subscribed to it. And I've got thousands of people buying these books and all this that are listening to me. And I say, you know what? I'm just going to start out talking and I'm going to get on there and talk about the kingdom and I'm going to see what the Lord does. And so I think just not being afraid to say, I don't, I don't have what I see, but I have what I have now and I'm going to start making little steps for it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to despise the days of small beginnings. And as I'm faithful with it, God's going to be the one that multiplies and accelerates it. And so I hope you call me back in a year and say, Matt, how did this incredible new television show that you have <laughs> come about? And I'm going to say, remember when we talked? Like, yeah, I no, that's so good. So yeah. I'm going to end you uh, in with this question and that's around experimentation. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of times uh, we hear of kind of, a, I guess, God stories where it's just like, go through that door and yeah. you're like, wow, I wish that would happen to me, you know, but a lot of times it's like an, a concept, 10 doors in front of you. You're like, what do I do? And there's yeah. not like 
divine direction, which it's like there's an experimentation phase. And I think there's also a refinement phase, also a participation phase of, yeah. of us just not passively following the Lord, but per somehow participating, experiencing, uh, unveiling something that, that is to be revealed to us. Where does experimentation fit? within your, your, you know, sort of framework of, of what you've written in the book and just in general, like, where does that fit in your world? That I work? think I would reframe it a little bit in saying that as you grow in the Lord, it becomes less and less about doing the right thing and the wrong thing. Mm. And I think it becomes about him giving you the freedom to do what he's already put on your heart. Mm -hmm. And so Many times I think, and I think this is a religious training thing that we've all gotten. I don't want to miss God. I got to do the right thing. No, if I don't the do the missed thing, then, then I'm going to get it wrong. And oh, the whole world, God's going to get me and all this mm -hmm. sort of thing. And so I talk about this in the book in regards to what I call percep perception versus penalty. If you can get your heart focused on the, perce the perception of, Who's God called me to be? What's he called me to do? What's the thing that I'm so passionate about right now? Again, all of this is in the context of I'm walking with the Lord. I'm hearing his voice. I'm trying to do everything I can, you know, pay attention to the thing that is burning within you the most and begin to walk toward that thing. And you'll see God begin to open doors or he'll begin to redirect or whatever. But th this idea that if I get it wrong, somehow it's going to screw the whole thing up and I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be off in left field and all this sort of thing. That's just not the case, I believe, in, in the kingdom, because this is God's story. And God is not wanting us to continue to relate to him as just little children all the time in the fact in the fact that, you know, should I do this? Should I do that? Should I have a hamburger or a cheeseburger? I, I feel like the Lord's saying, well, what do you want? Do you want it? You know, yeah. the Lord told me one time as a gardener, he said, you know, you can choose the size of your garden. You can choose a large garden. You can choose a small garden. You can choose to plant pink flowers. You can choose to plant yellow flowers. I tell artists this all the time. I said, God cares more that you create than what you create. It's just no, that, you're, so good. that you're doing the thing, right? That you're supposed to be doing. And so, if you can get your heart connected there to perception and walking in faith and, and, uh, and joy, man, I think God will take you places you never uh, expected because you get out of this fear of penalty. Yeah. So there, uh, uh, so years ago I got this analogy where I felt like my Christian life was like, I was walking on a very small cliff, like mm. a little, like a, a high, like a hike, but yeah. it was on a very small, and it was like one wrong step, and I screw everything up, like the whole yep. thing, like I'm out of God's will, yep. I've ruined it forever. And then I started reading verses like, he set me in a spacious place, right? <laughs> you know, you've right. set my, uh, uh, Psalm 119, you've set my heart free, and I run in the, in the direction mm -hmm. of your commands. Like, then he started to show me, like, there's so much room in the kingdom of God. Yes. It yes. is not this tightrope. It is not this cliff walk. It is a wide space full of just, you can just wander and still be fine and be fine yeah. with God and be fine in your calling. There's a lot of room. Well, and, you know, I, I think the thing that for me really brings this home, this, and I talk about this in the book a lot, this, the, the gospel of salvation versus the gospel of the kingdom. We've only learned, I think, primarily as the Western church, this idea that salvation is to keep you out of hell. So salvation is to, 
is, is that, that, that moment. And we need to stay around the cross and talk about it all the time. And so what does it do? It focuses us on uh, our not enoughness. It focuses us on, you know, our ability to not make it that we're all, we're all this, Oh, I'm just a sinner, just barely saved and all this sort of thing. And I say in the book, listen, salvation is essential. Salvation through Jesus is the only way, to, but salvation is the doorway to the kingdom, what you're saying, this wide space. And so we enter through a narrow gate, which is Jesus and him crucified. But once we're in the kingdom and we're learning to grow in him, there is this wide, beautiful space that, mm-hmm. that is a uh, kingdom living. And I just, when you can wake people up to that, there's a joy and a fulfillment that comes back in their life that is contagious. And I, I think, I think without that, that's why we see what we see in the church today, which is declining church membership, people lacking power and fulfillment mm-hmm. in their life, people not showing up at church, you know, all the stuff. And it's because they've just been told, hold on to Jesus comes as a, as opposed to living in the fullness of what God's got for us. So that's so good. So thank you so much for, for what I call crossing the chasm between kind of the <laughs> artist centric world to sort of trying to provide some of the things that the Lord has done and in, in yeah. kingdom living uh, to the general population. So if somebody wants to pick up this book, where would they go? They can just go to godsplanforliving.com. And uh, when they go there, they can get uh, a free download of 30 days of affirmations that I put together. Um, we talk a lot about renewing your mind and affirmations in the yeah. book. And so I give them a free download for that, but uh, they can get that in the book uh, all at godsplanforliving.com. So that's awesome. So Matt, Always a pleasure to have you on. It's so much fun. I learned so much and uh, I'm I'm just for you, man. I just well, really am so excited for what God's doing for you. Thank you so much for coming on. My pleasure. Thank you. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the podcast. Hey, if you did like it, it would be really helpful if you want to send us a review over on iTunes. That would be really cool. And if you want to connect, go over to Instagram, search Troy Mangum or The Kindling Fire, and we can connect there, and that would be a great way to kind of stay in touch. I am doing a YouTube channel, so we do video formats of these podcasts, and we'd love to have you look there. Okay, guys, until next time, be awesome.